1: This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Amplify Kombucha. Taste Amplified. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss woman, who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Tracy Donaldson is undisputedly the queen of daytime radio in New Zealand, paving an almost 30-year career after landing her first gig at 17. Tracy was a founding member of The Rock radio station, spending 20 years in her top-rating daytime slot forging an incredible relationship with her listeners who adored her. Tracy went on her OE at 21, working in radio in the US, London, and with the biggest bands in the world working for record labels. We're so lucky to have this absolute queen openly share her story, struggles, and super helpful advice for all women on the Self Love Club podcast. Tracy Donaldson welcome to the self-love club podcast so excited to be um it is such an honor to have you on and especially be in the same studio as you because you are like one of my radio idols so and we're friends now so it's kind of like try not to fangirl with your friend but thank you so much that's really
0: really exciting I've never done a podcast before so it's really cool for me
1: yay now
0: for those who don't know tell us about yourself and what you do I um, work. I am the daytime host. I do the same shift as Belle, but I work on a station called Max, uh, t- 9 till 2. I've been in radio for almost 30 years. Wow. Probably not quite because I did have a bit of a break for my OE. Yeah, um, pretty much consistently since I was 17 and I'm 45 now. So radio has been my life. Yeah. And so when you were growing up, did you know you wanted to work in radio? Yeah, I can't remember like the, when the defining moment was. I definitely loved the radio when I was a kid, um, like a teenager. I would listen to the radio all the time. My weekends were dedicated to listening to Rick Dees. He was a big American star, the top 40. Um, and it must have been around high school when we started doing, like, you know, you get sent out on work experience for a day and stuff. And I went to a radio station because I must I sort of had a mild interest in it then. And after spending a couple of days or maybe a week, it was doing work experience at a radio station, that was it. Yeah. I, was, I was on my career path. And I was probably about 14, 15. So
1: cool. So you spent a lot of time at high school, like working and getting experience in the industry kind of thing.
0: Not really. Um, I did like a bit of work experience, yeah. like, you know, it'd be like a week or something. But um, I was that annoying person that would ring the radio stations every night to make dedications and talk <laughs> to the night announcer and ring up and win stuff and like win, you know, Madonna's new album on tape and stuff. And it was... Yeah, it just got a bit consuming when I was a teenager and I was really had like tunnel vision that I was going to be on the radio when I left school.
1: That's so cool though. And you yeah. love music as well. So that would have been like a big part of your life growing up as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. My parents played a lot of music when I was growing up. Like we always had music on at home. Um, my dad was really into like the rock, like the Stones and the Beatles. And my mum was really into like the pop music of the 60s. So I was across all music from a really young age.
1: Yeah. And where did you grow up? Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. There's some good people that are from Hamilton, you know. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> eh? Yeah. Yeah. So when you left school, what happened then? What did
0: you do? So I pretty much um, started, like the day I left school, I got a job at a record shop. There was a massive record shop in Hamilton called Tracks. And uh, that's when like record stores were still in bricks and mortar and they were like the cool place to work. And I was very lucky. I literally finished high school, started like on the Friday, started on the Monday at a record shop, was working there. Um, And after a few weeks of working there, I met a guy one day, he came into the radio station and he bought a heap of CDs, not unusual. That's cool. Coming again the next day, bought a heap more CDs the next day. And after that, wow. the fourth or fifth day, I said to this guy, what are you buying so many CDs for? Why are you coming every day to buy the CDs? And he's like, he's about 20 years old, and he said, oh, I'm going to be starting a radio station. And I was like, really? Oh, wow, well, I've always wanted to work in radio, you know, that like working in this record shop is just sort of like my stopgap till I can get a job in radio. He goes, yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to be starting a radio station. It launches in a couple of months, and it's going to be called The Rock.
1: Oh! <gasps> I just got chills when you said that as well, because <laughs> you, of course, were, like, as we know, the voice of the
0: rock for a really long time. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, this guy's a dreamer. He's, like, 20 years old. He's buying CDs. He's going to start his own radio station. This is going to be awesome. Um, and I said to him, oh, I'd love to work in radio stuff. So he gave me his card, and um, he said to me, I think he even said, oh, look, make a tape, you know, like an audition tape. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Okay, so I went home. I'm a little ghetto blaster, and I made a tape, you know, of a voice break. God, I'd love to hear that now. <gasps> Love to hear it. And I, I think I just read a few things out of the newspaper and made up like mock voice breaks. Took it into him and um, he hired me on the spot. Wow. Yep. Put me on the mid-dawn shift. So I would work all day at the record shop, nine till five, go home, sleep, get up and go to the radio station midnight till six. And I did that for about six months. Yeah. And then I got moved on to Days on The Rock. That's so
1: cool. So you were part of The Rock when it started in Hamilton? Yeah, pretty much day one I was there. Wow. And who was the person that started it?
0: There was a guy called Grant Hislop. I've heard that name before, yeah. He's a big star in yeah, the industry yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah, he gave me my break when I was literally 17. That's yeah. so cool. It was It was like the planets aligned, you know, that I met him and that he came into the record shop and... We even had that conversation, and yeah, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was fate. So I owe my career to Grant Love.
1: Oh yeah, and you've worked really hard yourself as well. So you were on days. Was yeah. that? that was where you were on the rock for a long time. You didn't move off in the early
0: days. No, so I, I did Dawns, and then I then I got moved up to nights, seven till midnight. Um, but I pretty quickly got put on to days, ten till two, and I was there for about five years, um, up till I was about twenty-one years old. And then for my twenty-first birthday, my dad bought me a um get out of town ticket. He bought me a plane trip to the UK. So I hadn't planned on like doing an OE, I don't think. Um, I can't really remember. It hadn't sort of been in my plans. I was loving my job. Had a great boyfriend who I was crazy about. Um, but my dad bought me a ticket. Um, and so, yeah, off I went on my OE. And I thought I was only going to be gone for maybe a couple of months, you know, ticket tour around like Europe, you know, a bit of London, like you used to. And I ended up staying there for five years. Wow. Yeah. How
1: did that happen? So did you have to like resign from your job and everything? Or did you say, hey, I'm probably going to be back in a couple of months kind of thing?
0: I think I resigned. God, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I knew I was going. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, I sold my car, so I probably wasn't planning on coming back that soon. Yeah. Um, And I think a big reason, the reason I ended up staying away was the boyfriend that I'd left behind met somebody else pretty quickly. Oh. Which devastated me, and I think that was a bit of an incentive to stay stay away longer. Yeah. Didn't want to come back and deal with that. So had you guys planned to stay together? or No, I don't think so. Yeah. But I was still crazy about him. Aw. And so, yeah, and I got very lucky again in England. I ended up, um, actually, no, I backtracked a little bit. I went to America first for a few months on my way to England, and I actually got a job on the radio in America. What? In Missouri, yeah, just um, doing a few weekend shifts on a a modern rock station. I think it was called KISF FM. yeah. How did that happen? Um, again, I, I just landed in America. I, I had friends that I was staying with they were in Missouri. That's how I ended up in the middle of America in Missouri. And all I'd known was how to work in radio. So I got in touch with a local radio station. They're like, come in. They actually had an Australian breakfast announcer. So I sort of made friends with him. him. Right. Um, and he ended up doing a few weekend shifts there, but I couldn't get a visa for the state. So I literally only was there, I think, for three months. Then I went to the UK.
1: Yeah. And then what happened when you went to the UK? Were you just sort of like having fun, like partying, or did you actually try to get work pretty quickly?
0: Got work pretty quickly. Again, I got a radio job. I was very lucky. There is, there's a big community in London of Kiwis and Aussies and South Africans, and they have their own magazine called TNT Magazine, uh, which is all just for Aussies and Kiwis and South Africans. And they, when I was there in '96, they lo- decided the magazine was also going to launch a radio station and they advertised about it in this magazine. I was like, radio, okay, I'm going to try for a job on this station as well. And I got a job on that station. You were meant to be in radio. It's just it's like, amazing. it's meant to happen. Oh, that's so cool. It was so really you, cool, yeah. So you worked in radio and and was it in London? So it was in London, yeah. It was in Hounslow, out by the airport, uh, the station. So, and again, I fell into a very similar... Um, sort of job I was doing the week I was doing the radio I was working at um Virgin Megastore, the big record store in Oxford Street so again I was in the music industry all I'd known you know was selling records and being on the radio and I was very fortunate I managed to get those kind of jobs in London yeah um and then I got a job at a real company in London I just thought I was just like living the dream are you kidding me I'm like 21 22. Living in London, working for a real company, working on a radio. I just thought life could not get any better. And then I met my husband. Yeah. And he's an English boy. And so, you yeah, ended up staying out there for five years. Moved around a couple of real companies in that time. Worked at Polygram and Universal and Mushroom Records, which is where I met my husband. Yeah.
1: And did you get to work with a lot of big artists as well sometimes? Oh, my God, yes. like, like who, I, oh. Draw
0: some names around oh, for us. Well, When I was working at Universal Island, our big artist at the time was you 2 Wow. Because um, this is like, you know, mid-90s when you two were everything. Yeah. When I was working at Polygram, um, our big artist probably around that time was like Bon Jovi, working with them. Um, and then I moved to Festival Mushroom Records, which is an Australasian company. And so I was working with like Peter Andre, so Garbage, cool. Kylie. <gasps> yeah, it's cool. Oh my God. It's so cool. Awesome. I was literally, I was so lucky. Like, you know, those five years I had in London working at real companies, I could write a book about the stuff I saw and the people I partied with and the the events I went to. You know, you don't just go to these gigs. Like, you are backstage at these gigs and you are mingling with the rock stars and partying with them and... Um, it's very debaucherous and it was the 90s and, you know, doing what you did in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so glad you had that time. That's like wild. Yeah, so, I mean, you must look back and think, I'm so glad that I went there and did that. Because, I mean, a lot of the time in radio, maybe you didn't really think this way, but a lot of the time when it's, like, re- what you really want for your career, you might not go and do those things
0: because mm. you're, like, afraid to leave what you're doing because it's, like, a really good job, you know? Yes. Mm. And that's, that's, you know advice I would give to my younger self would be decide what you really want to do and don't be afraid to try different things because I did fall into radio and music because it's you know what I thought I really wanted at the time and then suddenly it became all I knew how to do and I just stayed in the job you know because I was like well who leaves radio it's such a good job Mm. and there's a huge part of me that lives with regret that I never pursued a career in fashion because I think like that's a real genuine passion and love of mine that's Grown over the years, you could still do something like
1: that though. There's no reason why it can't be, even if it's just something like you do on the side. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of a saying have a side hustle. You know, yeah. like it could be something you like, even just as a passion project, do something. You know, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, you can still do it. Well, I, I, I remember a while ago when I was sort of between jobs, quite recently, thinking, okay, this is the time I could probably pursue a career in fashion. And then I'm like, my God, I'm mid 40s industries are hiring girls in their 20s you know who's gonna hire someone in their mid-40s that's got zero experience in an industry
1: it's hard though isn't it just you think these things and you get too ahead of it and you're like you kind of like shut yourself down before you can do things sometimes I feel like we all do that to ourselves definitely yeah so you were in London for a while and um did you decide you wanted to come home like what was the
0: situation there my visa ran out I actually overstayed my visa a little bit anyway I only had a four-year visa I think the typical Kiwi gets 2 years. If you've got grandparents yeah. that were born there, you could get 4. So I stayed with the full 4 um and then yeah, I had to come home. Um and I just started sort Did of, you want to come home or no? Yeah, I think I was kind of ready, you mm. know. I was like 21 when I left and I was I was 26 at the end of it. And I was ready to come home and um like I'd lived a really good four years out there. I'd done heaps of travel, heaps of partying. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much left in the tank.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of, I think it's the thing with London. A lot of people are like, okay, we've done now. Like it's a pretty full on place to live. And they're probably like, okay, we need to go home now.
0: And I also had a few really good girlfriends from New Zealand that were over there at the time as well. And they had come home. Yeah. So it felt like the time was right. Yeah. And um, I'd been dating my, he was only my boyfriend at that stage uh, for about a year. And he was like, well, I'd love to come to New Zealand as well. And I was like. Perfect. Cool. So he came with me. Yay. Came back to, He left his whole life and all his family wow. came back to New Zealand with me. And he had a pretty epic career over there too, right? He really did. We worked at the real company together. He was um, promotions manager, so he was traveling around Europe with Garbage, who were really big in the 90s, mm. and Peter Andre and stuff. So he was living a really good life there. And yeah, that must have been quite daunting for him because I don't think the music industry... Down in New Zealand does anything like compete to what it is to London? So yeah, he walked away from a lot for me. That's quite nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, was love. it was amazing. It's <laughs>
1: amazing. Yeah, but he still managed to have an amazing career here as well. Like, it just you know, you guys are you guys are epic. I love you guys. So. He's done
0: really well. Yeah. He's done really well. We've been together twenty one years now. So
1: congratulations! Thank you. It's a cool love story though. Like meeting yeah. in London and like working in the record industries, and then he came back with you.
0: And but we he, we actually worked together for two years before we got together. So we knew each other, you know. That's nice. I fancied him from afar for a couple of years. Did you? Yeah. yeah, totally. You never
1: said anything? Um, that's some
0: restraint, Tracy. Yeah, well, it kind of grew over time. Like I, I met him and I didn't like him initially. He was, because um, I was I was on reception at this real Company and uh, he was like a big shop promotions guy. Yeah. And he was a bit um kind of arrogant and cocky, which I kind of like in a guy. <laughs> and then the more I got to know him, I found him really funny. My God, he was so funny. Like, he literally makes me belly laugh. And it just kind of grew from there, yeah. And then I re- when I realised I fancied him, I um, got my girlfriend to sort of make it known to him that we would be out at this bar on this night you know, wait and see if he'd turn up. And he did. Yay. So yeah, I knew he liked me back. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And so he moved, did he move to New Zealand with you at the same time or did he come
0: a little bit later? Came a bit later. Yeah. I came home first and um, God, I was incredibly lucky. I almost got hired as soon as I got home back at The Rock. Really? I got my job back like within a matter of weeks. It was ridiculous.
1: How did that all happen? Did it just happen to be an opening? Because as we know in this industry, like you have to kind of have to like timing has to align. Although of course, like you're incredible. So why wouldn't they want you back? You know? Um,
0: I caught, I, I'd i been back in the country for a few weeks and I think I was sort of just temping, doing a few, you know, I sort of figured out what my next move was going to be. And while I'd been overseas those five years, The Rock had gone from this tiny radio station mm. in Hamilton, it had moved to Auckland and gone nationwide. So yeah. The Rock that I knew was just a, you know, fun little thing back in Hamilton. Suddenly it was this Beast, Yeah, it and became I, huge. It did become huge. And I came up to the radio station to just meet up with my old pals, Roger Farrelly and stuff, yep. and go out for lunch and that. And uh, met the new PD, a guy called Brad. And uh, he hired me almost straight away to do weekends. And I was like, so I found myself back on weekends at The Rock. And then over the period of about... Maybe I can't remember six months to a year. Then I was back on my old show on 10 2.
1: So cool. Like I'd never gone. Yeah, but you'd, yeah. you'd gone. You'd had all this cool like life experience yes. and another life as well. And yeah. then you'd come back and yeah, I bet that it was incredible True. to be able to go away and do that and then come back to what you love so much.
0: It was because I look at some of my colleagues who, God bless them, are still at The Rock and have never left and travelled. And mm. I feel really grateful that I did that when I was really young. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone to travel young. Because, you know, you can go away and do that and have a hell of a good time and come back and still, you know, still be young enough to pick up a wicked career. Yeah, definitely. I
1: I admire you for that because I feel like a lot of the time, and I know for myself, earlier on in my career, it was kind of like I was around people that were very career driven too. And it was like, no, like keep working on your career. Don't travel, you know. So I think that's a great message as well because... Yeah, it's one thing I kind of wish I'd done when I was younger, but I'm doing it now, so it's all good. Um, But it is is something, especially in an industry like this, where you're like, no, I have to stay and do this stuff. So I think it's really cool that you did that for yourself. And I
0: encourage Kiwis to travel. like, You've got to get out eh, and see a bit of the world because we are tiny.
1: You gain a lot out of travelling as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so then you're working at The Rock. Then when you're back the the second time, you were there for a really long time, right?
0: Yeah, I got back to New Zealand in 2000. And I was at The Rock till I think maybe 2014. So, yeah, about 14 years, second time around. Yeah, that's why you're the queen of daytime radio, gal. You were there so long. So long. I know. And I didn't even get like a, a pen or a watch or anything when I left. I didn't even give you a present. I think I just got flowers and champagne. Oh, that's, that's nice, I, I guess, but you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: we do love our champagne and
0: flowers. We do love our champagne. No, it was an amazing time and there's still some of my really good friends at The yeah. Rock.
1: Yeah, that was a long career there. Like mm. that's a long, long time to be on that spot, you know. We see a lot on radio, people moving around. I mean, some shows, yeah, do stay somewhere a long time. What do you think was behind that longevity there?
0: Um, I think it was the listeners in me just forged a really good relationship. Like I was essentially a listener of The Rock, so I was, could totally relate to my listeners. Um, and I think people who like rock music had found The Rock really young and and just stayed with it and grown with it. And so I, so cliche and corny, but I felt like I really grew with my audience. You know, they were all mm. teenage bogans like I was when The Rock started and they grew up to be, you know – Guys in their mid-30s suddenly who own their own business and a family member are still listening to The Rock and we're all bonded by it. Mm. And you look at The Rock and I think it says a lot about the, the guy that manages it, a guy called Brad. He has still got a lot of the same staff working there. You know, he cultivated a really good team of people and he really looked after us. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. And he's got, he's still there.
1: Yeah. Still. A lot of those people are still there.
0: Yeah. Well, some of them anyway. Yeah. Actually, I think Rog. Rog and, and Brad probably. <laughs> I got Roger's job on The Rock. I Did mean, you? Yeah, yeah, look you at that. that.
1: Yeah, you better remind <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, that is so cool. And I remember because I worked at the same company for a long time and I was a rock roadie and I remember driving around. Even before I was working in radio, I was studying. I'd listen to you on the radio and I'd be like, oh my God, you're so great. Oh. And you were so cool with your listeners. I think that was the thing. You were... You were really good with like callers and everything. And that was, yeah, it was not to be like a fangirl, but it was cool to listen to. <laughs> I just would like used to listen to your voice breaks in absolute awe. I was like, wow, how mm. does she do that? How does she stru- structure them like that? And you know, when you are got a radio nerd brain, you do that a
0: little bit. Totally. <laughs> oh, and, and you know, that was my favorite thing about working at The Rock was um the was talking to all the listeners. Yeah. The radio station I went on to after that, there was none of that. And I really struggled. I was craving interaction with my listeners and we had none of it at my next job and it just wasn't for me, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I so. yeah. Especially when you're in a I don't think people realise when you're on the radio on during the day on your own. Mm. Like I mean it's epic and you get busy doing things and finding things to talk about for your audience. But it is really fun when you have people interacting with you that you can talk to, then put on air and it's it
0: makes it feel like you've got co hosts in a way. Totally because People forget that you are literally sitting in a room on your own, like the breakfast shows, the drive shows, even the night shows, the normally multi-people shows. Yeah. So you can literally spend all day on your own. So yeah, you do crave that relationship with your listeners. Yeah. You need it, you know?
1: Did you ever feel like you wanted to be on any other shows
0: or were you really happy and fulfilled in days, which is a really epic show. I love days. Only days. I have never had any desire to do breakfast at all or drive. I, I'm not a team player. <laughs> no, I, I just, I don't like that, that, that sort of style of radio, um, the, hey, hey jokes, you know, yeah. being funny. That's just not my personality. You know, it, it just isn't me. I did fill in on breakfast quite often, uh, when somebody would be away, um, and I just struggled. I'd get such butterflies. I I couldn't think quick enough. I can't respond to things quick enough. Um, which is what I like about days when it's just yourself, you know, you can think things ahead through. You don't have that luxury in breakfast and drive. It's so quick and it's so fast. And honestly, it's just not my personality. Yeah. Even if I wanted to do it, it wouldn't work for me because it's, yeah, I'm just not that kind of, extrovert I
1: guess yeah that is something I've learned you are like I know you now so we're like you chat to me but you are actually quite shy I reckon sometimes and and yeah like people don't really often realise that about radio announcers that some of us are like some people are sort
0: of extrovert introverts if you know what I mean totally oh god yeah definitely you know work days totally suits me and and you
1: (laughs) yeah definitely Yeah. yeah There are so many different Amplify kombucha flavors this summer. I'm thinking I'm going to get amongst the tropical vibes, you know, pretending we're on an island somewhere by taking the pineapple coconut flavor with me to summer barbecues. Hurry up summer and hurry up barbecue season, right? They're really yummy and low in sugar and it's helping me break up with certain drinks. Sorry, coffee. It's not me. It's definitely you. Because it's actually good for you and tastes good too. Win-win, right? Trust me and try Amplify butcher. they're
0: big on taste. So you've done news as well. You've done heaps of things in your career. Yeah, yeah, I've done. I, I read news um, for a sports station for several years as well. And I got into quite a bit of sports presenting. I worked um, the V8 supercars for TV3 for a year. I did quite a bit of stuff for Sky Sport. They've got a motorsport show called Sky Speed, did that. Uh, I worked for the New Zealand Super Tours when they launched in New Zealand. Um, my dad was a racing driver when I was a kid. So I grew up like at racetracks. And so we always had the motor racing on, on telly and stuff. So I, that was always, you know, the inner bogan of me as well. So that appealed to me for a little while, less so now. Um, but yeah, definitely sports radio and sports media was probably the other option that I quite enjoyed mm. as well. But n- nothing compared to music radio.
1: Yeah. Were they things in your career, those kinds of things, were they opportunities? Obviously you worked really hard to get to that spot, but were they things you were hustling along the way, or you know, were sort of opportunities presenting
0: themselves to you? I was very lucky. Again, the uh, motorsport presented itself to me. I was working at the Rock, and um, I think the V8s wanted to be associated with the Rock, and they approached myself, Roger Farrelly, and Simon Doll. Um, mm. three presenters from The Rock to present the motorsport because they're trying to just get that crossover, yeah. I suppose. you know. I mean, the, the audience is so shared, you know, it's dudes mm. in their 30s and 40s mostly that yeah. are going to the races and listening to The Rock. So that opportunity fell in my lap. And then from there, um, I got the job at the, v- the V8 Tours as well. And then I think the people that ran Sky Speed um, had seen me doing that. And so they came to me as well. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, no, it all, it all came to me. I was very lucky. I sound so like an egomaniac no you don't at all you're like so
1: down to earth and humble but it's really cool to hear I think for everyone to hear the things you've done and because your career I mean like you say you've almost been in radio 30 years and so you've you would have done so many cool things over that time when you were coming to leave your job at The Rock did Mm. you find that really hard because it was somewhere you had been a really long time even though you were going to another station which was like a rock station in a way but different to The Rock the sound, which is more like, it was more like classic rock, no talking, right? Did you, were you yeah. really sad to leave that behind
0: or were you no. sort of, you weren't? Not at all. No, it was 100% my decision. Um I'd been at The Rock, God, like all up almost 20 years, yeah. like five years the first time and 14 years the second time. I was 17 when I started. I was coming up 40. I was like, God, am I really just going to be at The Rock my whole life? You know, and I started to think about what am I going to do next, what I want to do next. And I had a sort of a list in my head of radio stations where I'd, I'd want to go next Um, And I'd always sort of said to my husband, I don't still want to be on the rock when I'm 40. You know, I was 17 when I started there. That's that's crazy. It's time to, you know, start thinking about what's next in my life. Literally the week after I turned 40, without a word of a lie, the girl that did days on the sound left. She'd been at the sound for a few years and she and her husband moved to Christchurch. So I literally walked through the door because we're literally separated by a studio. Mm -hmm. Went and met the PD of the sound and said, oh, look, Heather's leaving the sound. You know, I'm... I think my, you know, I've, I think I've done everything I can do at the Rock. Why don't I come to the Sound? And he essentially hired me on the spot. And it was, it felt such a natural progression. Yeah, because it same was same company. It was smart, I think, smart move for you. Totally. Yeah. Well, it was the same company. It was literally the studio through the wall, so it's all the same people. Half the announcers from the Rock had gone to the Sound, um, so I felt like I was still working with s- same announcers, and I was just playing mostly the same music. Pink Floyd, Dire Straits, Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, because the music had gone from being rock to classic rock, you know? Mm. So there was no change, except the only big change, like I said, there was no listener interaction. You don't have requests, you don't have callers, you don't have giveaways, you don't have promotions. And I I was fine with that to start with. It was a nice break from, you know, having done 20 years of Madness on the Rock. It felt nice and chill. But then maybe after a couple of years, I started going, I don't know how much longer I can sit in the studio Mm. and just listen to Pink Floyd for. Day after day after day after day. And try to think of different ways to talk about it. Like that's yeah. the thing you've got to think about is like,
1: how am I going to do this differently? And you can't, it can get a bit boring if yeah. it's the same thing all the time.
0: Yeah. And I just, it just, yeah. wasn't, it just wasn't, didn't light a fire in me, mm. do you know? And I just started to feel like I was just turning up to collect the check. And, yeah, you know, that's. I don't think anybody wants to be in that position.
1: No, and so then, yeah, you did leave that job and yeah. you came over to NZME as well and started yes. with another station. So that's super exciting.
0: That's super exciting, and literally that's what I was talking about a few minutes ago when I left the sound and before starting here, I was like, "Wow, this is the moment that I could like have a complete career change. What do I actually want to do with my life? You know, this mm. is this is a real gift that I've been given here. You know, this window, um, but then this job at the mix came up." And I was like, oh, I could not say no. Working like working for a company like NZME. Yeah. Very exciting. And oh, I've got so many friends over here. I didn't realise so many people from my last job had like <laughs> had come across to this company yeah. as well. Just walking around the building. It was brilliant. The, yeah. you know, the 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 culture and the place here is fantastic. And I love the station. Again, I found myself Back playing a lot of rock music, but there's a lot of pop music yeah, on the I, station as well. I know that we've spoken about that. It's really cool for you to have now
1: music you haven't played, like Madonna and the, you know, 80s pop yeah. sort of stuff coming back through. It's brilliant. So that you, because, you know, you are actually – Not saying that music's like girly, but I know you're quite a girly girl as well as being a bit of a bogan, which hello, we all are, or some of us are a little bit, Um, but it is quite cool to about embrace that side as well and try something a bit different to mix it up, to make it more interesting for
0: yourself. Yeah, definitely. And there's some really nice women that work at this building um, and I've only been here six months and I've made just a few really good friends already, yourself Mm. included. And it's, it's just exciting to have a change, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. have you found working in an industry with a lot of guys, a lot of really great guys too, like you say, there's been, I mean, I've had great guys in my career as well that I've worked with. Did you find it hard at times being like the only female or not having a lot of females around, especially in the early days where there weren't that many females?
0: Definitely. I definitely felt that at The Rock. Um, it was probably 95% blokes, not just on air, but staff. Mm. Um, th- actually the sound as well, Although the sound was a much smaller station Um and the thing, unfortunately, you find is because there are or were so few women, is very competitive between the women. Mm. You know, it was really hard to cultivate friendships because we we're all just like looking over our shoulder. Does she want my job? Does she want my job? It's ridiculous. It's shameful. And I don't think it's um, uh, specific to radio as well. Yeah. I think women just in general, we quite jealous, uh, suspicious Of other women in a lot of careers, you know what I mean? And I think that's the beauty of getting older is you realise how stupid that is and that cultivating friendships with women is one of the best things you can do Mm. for your life, for your sanity. Having close women friends, and that includes at work, you know, it's a real safety net for you. Yeah, for I, of the best, yeah,
1: totally. I totally agree. And I think maybe as things are changing a bit in terms of maybe there's more opportunities for women as yeah. time goes on, maybe that will lessen a little bit yeah. because, you know, at, like you say, at times where there are very few opportunities and and especially in an industry like radio where there's only a few like jobs, there's not heaps of jobs and certain, you know, things. Mm. Maybe as time grows, women can learn to, you know, be more supportive of each other. Not saying that people haven't, but you know what I mean? Like it sort of grows as time goes and there's, you see more women in management and different roles and things like that. Oh,
0: definitely. And nothing makes you feel more connected to a job than having good relationships, I think with your colleagues Mm. and, definitely with the women around you, you know, because women will really have your back and they just get you in a totally different way. Mm. What have been some of your career highlights for you? Um, Well, definitely the the, the meeting rock stars has just blown my mind. I could literally like write pages and pages of names of rock stars that I've met. I've I've met everybody. It's crazy. Favorites would be though, um, Courtney Love. She, oh and I, she and God. I shared a cigarette together.
1: Really? What's she like?
0: Wild. She's yeah. a hot mess. I was and obsessed I love her.
1: with her when I was younger. I had yeah. like... Her book, all those, like yeah. whole CDs and stuff. Yeah. Same. She was a bit, a bit of a mess though, eh? Totally, was, but she wore it well. I was always obsessed with rock stars and like people that were like <laughs> drug addicts basically <laughs> growing up. They were like my idols. It's like, I don't know, like they're cool, but like I was
0: like, oh God, like great, great idols in <laughs> yeah. life, you know? Great mentors. <laughs> no, no, look, Cordy Love was everything you'd you'd want her to be. She's just a loose cannon. She is stunning in person. Right. She's got the most mesmerising blue green eyes. Um she's tall and she's just uh, larger than life. Meeting her was amazing. I got to interview her on the radio as well. It was incredible. Um meeting the Led Zeppelin boys, I met Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Led Zeppelin like are probably, you know, the pinnacle that uh, meeting them. Um meeting and interviewing Bon Jovi. Yeah, just meeting all the rock stars, some of the junkets that you get sent on. I mean, that's like a real sort of thing of years gone by now you don't get that so much. But you used to get flown out overseas, you know, to interview rock stars and things and I think most recently, like, I got flown out to Australia just for a Robert Plant, who's playing at the, S- the Sydney Opera House. Um, flown out to Australia and got to hang out for a whole day on the Sydney Harbour on a boat with Midnight Oil. I don't know, just things so like cool. that. So cool. Like, yeah, sometimes I just look around and go, how is this my life? It's ridiculous. But that's definitely, I'd say, the highlights. Oh, going to the Grammy Awards and Oh, Grammys? my God, yes. Twice? You've- I always love seeing your outfits when you go as well. It's so much fun. I mean, God, that was wild going to the Grammy Awards. Yeah. Stupid. Like, just
1: like being, I can't imagine just being in an awards ceremony where you're like, oh, there's Beyonce, there's Taylor Swift, like all these big, like people that you're just like, whoa, you never expect to probably see them in
0: person, you know? It was, it was honestly, though, it was like watching it on TV. Really? Because. uh, you don't actually feel like you're a part of it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? you, you're just staring and it's no different to just staring at the TV screen because right. you're like, is this real? Am I actually in the Staples Centre? Two seats down from Paris Hilton and, you know, there's like Paul McCartney on stage and Madonna on stage. and Oh my God, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's insane.
1: What would, would be some advice you would give to women in their career, whether whatever they're wanting to do, whether it be like radio or anything? I mean, I, I feel like with you and I really admire is you've, definitely worked really, really hard, but you've also gone with the flow of things a lot, which I think sometimes can be hard when you really want to do something. Like, what would be some advice you would give to women who are really wanting to do something epic with their with their lives and with their careers, whatever it is?
0: I think for a woman as well, you have to be careful not to be a pushover Um you because I know as women we always try to be people pleasers and be nice and we don't wanna, you know, cause waves and be seen as bitchy and stuff. But um like I had a very unfortunate ending to my career at the sound. Um and I wish now in hindsight I'd um taken the ball by the horns a bit more and demanded explanations of what happened, you know. I was led down the garden path a little bit. I um should have got things in writing this is sort of pertaining to another job offer I had, you know, mm. um, I should have got things in, I should have been smarter. I took, you know, don't just take people at their word, you know, play it like a man, be, you know, play hardball, mm-hmm. get things in writing, be smart. Don't be scared of, you know, upsetting the apple cart because guys would, guys, mm. you know, it would be much more demanding and confident and that's fine. But I think, you know, as women, And especially maybe I think younger women now are coming through careers a lot more confident, but I feel like from my generation, you know, women were supposed to be a lot more, you know, just calm and peacekeepers and stuff. And I wish that I'd been a bit more vocal now. So yeah, just be smart, get things in writing, read contracts, you Mm know, don't just think, oh, everything's fine in there and just sign it, you know, get lawyers to look over things and, you know, treat your career, you know, like a business, Mm. you know, be smart about it. Yeah. It would have been
1: really hard for you because you had been there for such a long time yeah. and, and, you know, you'd had, you performed really well, had an epic career, you know, and then to have that happen must have been really hard.
0: It was just really hurtful more than anything. It wasn't so much hard because um, I, I had been approached from another radio station and I was super keen to take the job because I wasn't happy at the sound. So I wasn't sad that the sound didn't work out. I was totally ready mm-hmm. for a change. Um it was sad, though, that the management didn't come to my rescue, mm. didn't save me. You know, I thought they would. I've been a really good employee with that company for so long. I had great relationships with management and everyone there. And it's just, yeah, hurtful when people don't catch you when you fall, you know?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. And that can happen a lot in this industry yeah. without it just, it's kind of the nature of the beast in a way. And it, it, it does hurt because you're like... You know, you, and it's, it's just the nature of how it is, but it shouldn't be that way, if you know what I mean. But I don't know if there's any other
0: explanation, really. It's so cliche. Honestly, what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. It mm. really, really does. Yeah. You, you can't see it at the time, you know, you've got to give it the beauty of hindsight and look back at it. And then you'll be like, well, wow, that happened for a reason.
1: Yeah, totally. And now you're in a, you know, like it's just led you, I feel like, yeah, you're right. Everything does happen for a reason and it's weird little way. You've just kind of got it. I think I've learned as I've gotten older as well, just to trust that a little bit. You, yeah. know, you can be upset about it or hurt or whatever, but just know that it's like, it's okay. That's what's meant to happen. And then I'm just going to go with the flow and see what else is meant to happen. And that's just how I think life is meant to be. And I had to learn that because it's like, I don't know it's just a hard lesson to learn that you're yes. just meant to go with the flow. I wish I'd kind of learned that a bit younger, to be honest. Yeah. But that, you know, it's going to be okay. And then the one door closes, another will open. It's God, like, yes. you've just got to know that and it might take a while or it might be yeah. different to what you expected, but it's all going to be okay. It
0: totally is. And you're not meant to be in one job the whole time. You're yeah. meant to have these adventures and these challenges because they do make you grow. But again, you can't see that until it's in the past and you look back on it. Because when you're in something, you know, it's larger than life and it's consuming and it's devastating and it's foggy, you know, you've got to sort of go through that and feel it all and come out of it and Mm. just go, oh, wow, look, I survived that, you know, it didn't kill me. Yeah. Amazing. And now look at me.
1: Yeah, you know, So totally. I love that outlook. Being yeah. a career gal as well, you have been, you know, career focused and everything. Have Have you loved that? You know, like, do you feel like you made some sacrifices? I know it sounds so stupid that we should even have to say that as women being career women, but kind of feels like some, and it's probably changing now, but a lot of women do pick different paths in a way for themselves.
0: I mean, sometimes, yeah, like I look at all my friends pretty much who have got kids and big families and stuff, and we don't have kids. Um, so sometimes I think, oh, you know, that would be nice, especially the older I get, you know, and I sort of look into my future and go, well, I haven't got kids, I'm not going to have grandkids and all that, you know, but I've got a good career. Well, I don't think that keeps you company in your old age. Aww. So, yeah, at times I sort of wish I'd been a bit more focused on that part of my life. And don't sacrifice having a family for a career because you can do both.
1: Did you feel like you did or...? um, No, I
0: don't feel like I sacrificed. Kids we're always something I thought I would definitely have later. Like I was kind of like, not really now, not really now, not yeah, really now. Yeah. And then suddenly feel, yeah. I'm in my mid forties and it's too late kind of yeah. thing. So I kind of wish I'd been a bit more thoughtful. Yeah. Younger. I mean, I've got great friends, great dogs, um, cool car. You could still, <laughs> what do you drive? Actually, I got, just got a new car. I got a Jeep. Oh, cool. Jeep something or other. Yeah. A black one. Nice. Yeah. Yes.
1: Are you a fan of black cars as well? <gasps> yes. Oh my God, I always have black cars with black windows. Oh, totally! Yeah, (laughs) you're like bogan cheeks. How I roll! Yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. No, that's yeah. It is a hard one, isn't it? Talking about like the conversation about children, and it's always I think people have to be a bit sensitive as well because Mm. there can be many reasons why people don't have children. I think for women, that is a conversation that sometimes comes up, and so you know, it is one that you have to be a bit careful with because there's so many reasons why someone may not have children or may not want to, and that's totally personal and like it's totally okay whatever people choose or you know in some situations that they're not able to or something so it's totally. a, it's one that you know I guess yeah it's nice of you to be able to talk about a little bit but it is yeah. a very personal
0: thing so thank you. Well, it's a good conversation to have I mean my husband and I did IVF three times unfortunately didn't work but people should know as well and I know people do that, you know, you can't, you just can't leave it too late. Because I think people think, oh, getting to having kids in my 30s or whatever. You just got to realise, unfortunately, as women, you know, your fertility drops off really fast yeah. from your late 20s onwards, you know, so. Were you really sad that you weren't able to? Definitely at the time, because I know it's something my husband really, really wanted. Um, and so, yeah. And and I think you, you sort of think that, um, oh, if you can't have kids, I'll just do IVF. And you don't realise that even the odds of IVF are tiny. And then a lot of people say to you because they don't understand, oh, you can just adopt. And I don't think a lot of people realise that your chances of adoption are even smaller than IVF. Mm, like, adoption's
1: not, like the rates are so, there's no, yeah. hardly
0: anyone adopts their children yeah. in New Zealand. Exactly. Yeah. And people just throw that around like, oh, well, why don't you guys just adopt a kid? And I was like, oh, you don't know. Like, I wish, <laughs> yeah. I wish, yeah. If you've got your health and you've got your friends, you've got some family, you know, you're good to go. Yeah. That's more than a lot of people. Exactly
1: What are some ways That you look after yourself We talk a lot about Like self-love Self-care Like what are some ways That you keep yourself Feeling really good I know that you Walk your dogs Like every morning
0: Like really early (laughs) Um, well self care I guess is just an ever evolving thing and something you definitely have to work harder at as you get older because what you take for granted when you're young you know being skinny and fit and healthy um, You still are <laughs> You're still such a babe Stop it you got. We well, definitely got to work harder at it you know you, you, you know you really got to start watching what you eat and you know working out more and stuff I think also um, for me personally being mindful of how much and how often you drink mm. um, because it's so easy to go home and just you know get on the wines but I think <laughs> Especially, or not especially in a job, but definitely in a job like ours where your workday relies on you bringing a certain energy to your job. You can't be sitting here feeling hungover, you know?
1: No (laughs) You just Never have Yeah Um, No but something like People were just like Oh just do it But like I hate doing Especially as you get older I hate being hungover on here It's horrible I'm just not as fast As I know I can be And like onto
0: it You know And it's not fair to your listeners No You sound average And you're lazy And you don't you know You just don't bring your A game And of course those are all the voice breaks That the boss just happens to catch Yeah You know (laughs) He just happens to be in his car On that day. I did
1: really good ones I promise (laughs) at this time Yeah Yeah. Totally Yeah
0: So yeah I, I try and um, be mindful of um, limiting my socializing, I guess, to the weekend so mm-hmm. that I can bring as much of my a game to my show. Working out, I think it make, makes you happier. Mm. That's you know that's that people have known that for years, but it's so true. Yeah, it does. We Endorphins. Yeah, I run. My husband and I run uh, often first thing in the morning.
1: Really, um, you're you so know, good.
0: Or if we if we can't fit that in, I definitely work out. We've got a gym at home, and I use that five times a week. So definitely scheduling time for um, exercise, I think, it's really important. Just and for your mental health. You as well. do
1: take after you do look after yourself really well. Like you're quite a homebody as well. I mean, you do go out, but I notice that you're quite like yeah. you'll stay at home and chill and like watch your shows and do your things. And yeah, yeah.
0: as you get well, as you get older, that just becomes your preference. I think definitely like that certainly wasn't when I was your age. <laughs> I'm,
1: I love being a nana though. I like a little mixture, like a little bit of going out, but mostly a nana. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely tired. when you get older, you just appreciate the comforts of home.
1: And especially when you lo- use a lot of energy in your job, like mm. we do, like it's just, I don't have that energy on the at night or on the weekends to talk. I just need a chill.
0: I do find though, Um, with the, especially advent of, social media and Instagram and things I definitely feel the pressure to do more stuff than I probably would if there wasn't social media because obviously when I started in radio there was there was nothing you know just Mm. you turning up to work now so much of your job is your profile Mm -hmm. online as well so I have to make an effort sometimes you know to go out to go to these events to do things just to keep that profile up to, yeah. to sort of keep up with you know the younger people
1: yeah how do you no nah, you still <laughs> yes. are but like how have you you've had such a long career and I always really admire people like yourself that have stayed in an industry which is ever-changing how have you like kept up with things and you know like you've obviously had to be open to change at different times when things have changed like have you just always been up with it and just moved with things as they happened
0: well not too much has changed in terms of running a show. Mm. So, you know, that's, I mean, obviously technology and the the desks and the studios have advanced and stuff, but definitely social media. Um, I was and still am quite lazy on it. My husband really pushes me to be way more um, prolific on it because, I mean, he knows in his line of work, the importance uh, for his artists, he obviously works in music, um, to have a social media presence. And I find especially um, at this company, compared to the company I worked at before, they put a real importance Mm. on social media as well. So I'm actively trying to- I mean, I'm, I'm big on Instagram, but I I know I need to do things like what you do, Belle, and have podcasts, and you, you can know, do that stuff though. like that. Yeah,
1: give it time t- though, because I, I understand. Like when I came here and started my job, like mm. that, I wouldn't have been able to do a podcast at the beginning because I had to focus on that and then building my show, and yeah. and that was my focus. And then in time, like you'll totally. Be able to do that. Just give yourself time. You haven't been here. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you can. And it's hard because I feel like we put pressure on ourselves to be doing all the things all the time. But yeah. you can do a podcast, and I'll like continue to. I'll encourage you to, and I can help you on that as well. Because you, you you do heaps of cool interviews. You could definitely have a
0: podcast. Yeah. Well, I do think about that. You know, because all the celebrities and stuff you have on, like getting them in for longer chats, because you only chuck them on air for three or four minutes. Exactly.
1: And especially being a day announcer, like you have, yeah, you only get to use tiny bits of interviews. I always liked though with your interviews at The Rock you always put them somewhere else yeah. and there was like you actually got to hear more of your interview because otherwise it seems like a waste sometimes if someone actually really wants to listen to that interview yeah, yeah, yeah. with like a Robert Plant or someone from the Rolling Stones then yeah. they, they might want to hear the whole thing which oh, is yeah. where podcasting is so great because then they
0: can go listen to that whole interview you know and they will listen to it I know, so like I interviewed- I'll help you with that. And I interviewed Mick Fleetwood a few days ago. I had like 15 oh minutes with God. him. Oh my God. But you know what I did? I edited it down to like five minutes and then just chucked the rest away. Whoa, no, no, no. You got to oh. stop doing that. I'll so help I should you have made a podcast. I'll help
1: you podcast it. That's so cool. Um, what is? What would be something you would tell your younger self, like
0: younger Tracy? Um, try different things until you find something that really just um, sparks like massive excitement inside of you. Like I said, you know, I sort of- Fell into radio. I wanted to do radio, and I fell into it, and I stayed in it. I wish I'd just um, experimented with different careers and stuff a little bit more before deciding hundred percent what I wanted to do. Like that—that's one thing I I kind of look back on. Yeah, wish I just kind of looked around a bit more.
1: But it's something that you were meant to do as well, though. Like it was lit. You're you're meant to be doing this. Honestly, yeah, like, I think so.
0: You're the daytime queen of radio in New Zealand, girlfriend. And just remember that life's a journey, not a destination. You know, just have fun along yeah. the way. Just do it all. Try everything. And so many things and little jobs and things I've gotten are because I've said some used to something that has terrified me. Like take those opportunities. What are some things that terrify you? Well, I just remember um, a few years ago I got offered a job. Um, being the live presenter for the boxing. Um, And I was like, I don't know anything about boxing. I can't be on live TV. TV terrified me, but I did it. And it was through that, that I got um, other jobs like in TV and motorsport and stuff. Yeah. Because they saw me doing that and offered me other things because it's so true that that you really only regret the things you say no to you know just you know feel the fear and do it anyway and you can totally do it
1: yeah that's exactly that's such good advice yeah hey thank you so much for your time and like everything you're doing and everything you're giving us we really appreciate it thanks Belle it's been awesome I've loved it thank you (laughs) thanks so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast Please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on eps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing the self-love club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps so much in spreading the self-love message to others who may really need it. You can follow me at Crawford on Instagram plus self-love club podcast. Check out my website as well, bellcrawford.com for self-love club resources and blog posts. And we're on Facebook, the self-love club community. Go join it now. A big thanks to our audio engineer, Nick Bourbon. We've got heaps of Boss Babes coming up to empower you through the rest of the year. We're already halfway through. Uh, With weekly episodes available each Monday. Catch you soon, babes.